Hey, don't wake me up if I'm dreaming, but this is J. Anthony Frankie, and you're listening to On The Fly with Stevie and Warden. Cheers. You are listening to On The Fly. What's up, guys? On The Fly is back. Today, we are looking at episode 113. And we have a special guest today. It is Mr. Todd Howard. Who has been on the show before a while back back before we were blessed with high-speed internet and it was a phone interview so you actually get to look at his pretty face today um we bring him on because this is what the 35th anniversary of freely's comments second album second site and we go track by track talk about each song he gives little stories about each song, and I mean, he really, he really elaborates on some of them, guys. And, and it's so great. We thank Mr. Howard for being such a great guest. He is a great guy. He's always, you know, since I approached him on Facebook years ago with a friend request, and he accepted, and and I would send him messages. Not this is even before the podcast started. Send him message, ask him questions about stuff uh, that. And he would he would answer. It may take him a while because he's a busy guy, but he would always answer. And he's always so gracious and, and nice. And we tell a story. We tell a story about Reagan, the late great John Reagan, um, about how you know he talks. About, he talks about how him and uh, him and John got in the band about John got how John got him in the band and uh, you know John passed away this past year and it's just it's kind of a strange story we were actually setting up a date a podcast for John and Todd to come on together and matter of fact a couple a day I want to say it was a day before um, Mr. Reagan passed away that I texted him about getting a date and getting it set up. And he was like, let's just do it. And, you know, the next morning I wake up and find out he's passed away. Uh, but he, he has some great stories there too. Uh, some great stories about Ace, uh, talking about what he's got going on now. Um, there's a book in the works. I can't wait to see when that happens. He talks about his CDs he's put out, the Canvas series CDs, which I have. Uh, talks a little bit about uh, Cheap Trick, his time with Cheap Trick. But he was so gracious, and, and we got to talk about an hour, a little bit over an hour. But talking about some stuff going on, you know, record day. I, I forget when that happens because guess what? The closest vinyl store I have nearby is about 45 minutes away. So I don't get to participate in record store day, but they're having a Black Friday record store day. Uh, some of the some of the stuff I think are, are, are carryovers from uh, the earlier record store day. But there's one up here that's kind of interesting to me. 
the Motley Crue Too Young to Fall in Love EP, um, a box from the Grateful Dead, and I think the doors to the live LP in Bakersfield was from the first one. I'm not sure. May be wrong on that, but it looks like they're going to have a Black Friday record store day. I think they do this, you know, every year. Eric Carr, Rockology is going to be on that, the picture disc edition. I think that was up there. Uh, Goo Goo Dolls, NXS, Grateful Dead, Los Lobos. Okay, can we Skid Row, B-Side Ourselves EP. And then X, Ain't Love Grand. Let's see. This is the first now. Beach Boys Christmas album on LP. Joan Jett and the Blackhawks Mindsets on EP. LA Guns Live in Boston from 1989. Uh, Kicks Cool Kids 40th Anniversary Edition. The Monkees, self-titled. I'm a Monkees fan there. Uh, various artists, Punk Goes Christmas. So it's not, I mean, it's a limit. You know, some of these are limited run is... Uh, Eric Carr Rockology, Lint on CD, on CD, the picture disc edition on CD. Limp Biscuit, Rock, I'm Park. This is this is CDs. And then Amy Mann, Dead Eyes, who, what was the name? Gosh, what was the name of her band? They sang Voices Carry. Jeez, Stevie. Anyway, forgot what that was. Let's see. Anything else up here? Nothing really up there. But uh, I don't know if you guys heard about Brett Michaels. Uh, he's got had a cancer scare, and uh, he's he's crediting Jimmy Buffett for for him getting checked out. Uh, in a post-integrated report, the single shared a picture of a fresh surgery scar just above his right hip. In his accompanying caption, he explained what led to the procedure. Just knowing that I absolutely love the outdoors and the sun with the rec recent passing of my friend Jimmy Buffett, I decided it was time for a more recent checkup of something I thought was nothing. Turns out it was something, but thanks to an incredible discovery and biopsy by my doctor, Darren West, and a quick reaction with this procedure on Friday just before the Texas show, I'm here to say that there's not enough words of gratitude for all the doctors that doctors do for so many of us, which not only may have saved my life, but surely extended it. So he's not out of the woods. Uh, he closed his message by encouraging fans to get checked for skin cancer. To all my friends that love the outdoors and sun as much as I do, all I can say is get checked so we can keep living and rocking the outdoors. You'll never either fight until the fight is out of you. And he's battled this before. Um, but yeah, hopefully everything's going to turn out good. And, you know, if if something good can come out of the passing of Jimmy Buffett for what what happened to him, then you know maybe it'll save somebody else's life. Uh, what about the spear? What do you guys think about this? You two is is performing in the spear, and all I can say is it looks like a, I mean it looks cool, and I saw some of the prices. $700 for for cheap seats that for nosebleed seats and you know I'm not I'm not doing $700 uh 40 years ago night rangers midnight mid, 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 midnight madness 
motors to success you know chris sister christian that 40 years ago that uh everybody remembers sister christian it was all over the radio then ah uh, let's see i'm gonna tell you guys i'm not a fan of a lot of the new music every once in a while i i'm especially pop or or you know some of this stuff that comes out but i'll tell you this on my album challenge with a little encouragement from my daughter i decided to put olivia rodrigo who is an up-and-coming singer you know it's big in the she's big in the pop world i decided to put her album two albums on my list and i listened to the album sour and i'll tell you what i would it's made me a fan i've got the the recent album up on my list too guts is on my list too I'm a, she's she's pretty good and she got to sing uh evidently somebody likes her because she got on stage with cheryl crow and saying uh if it makes you happy which i can see olivia rodrigo being a modern day cheryl crow with her lyrics you have to really listen to it but yeah if you get a chance guys give her give her a chance i know a lot of you people aren't that kind of thing and i wasn't either but i'll tell you what she's made me a fan uh 30 years ago adam sandler released his album they're all gonna laugh at you i'm a huge adam sandler fan i have that album it's awesome adam sandler you know say what you want to about adam sandler yeah he's he's not the same guy he was when he came out with billy madison or happy gilmore the movies are more family oriented so what he's doing he's adapting dude he's making money and he's doing a good job if I, I can't not be a fan of adam sandler uh let's see what this this spear thing though i don't know what to think of it who could play in the spear you two opens it up who's big enough foo fighters i think they could play the spear um metallica and i know people are gonna say kiss i don't think kiss can play spear i just don't think they they're gonna draw enough uh but yeah it looks incredible and guess what they, they want to keep it incredible because they are uh they want you to pay out the yin yang for it um aerosmith postpones peace out farewell tour to 2024 fractured larynx how do you get I, i'm not saying it's not possible because obviously it is how do you get a fractured larynx though i mean unless you have an accident or something like that how does a fractured larynx come about i just want to know if anybody can tell me what that is but uh guys you know we're going to get back into the the podcast world i mean i've been putting out and i'm doing an update for this this interview actually took place uh shoo it was early august before my dad passed so i'm putting out all these episodes now to catch up to, to keep the uh podcast going but i want to thank you guys for sticking with me i mean i'm doing i'm doing what i'm doing okay i haven't had time to process all of this it's been a busy you know i'm a football coach I have my regular job. I have home. 
and taking care of uh, getting getting my dad's estate. Well, you know, getting my dad's paperwork and all that. You never realize. I never realized how much it, it was after somebody passed away because I've had, never had to deal with it. And uh, I've been dealing with it. And it's it's been it's been it's been an experience um, to say the least. But it's gonna once football season should be over a couple couple of weeks. Um, and I'll be back in full swing and hopefully we'll have some, we'll have some incredible guests. We're, we're going to make it, we're going to make this a great thing. I'm determined to make this podcast bigger and better than it was before. Um, to all the people that supported me and have supported me or supported me. Thank you guys. And I hope you guys enjoy this. This is Mr. Todd Howard talking about the 35th anniversary of second sighting enjoy guys yeah <laughs> what's up guys tonight on the fly is joined by for the second time he was on episode eight this is like episode 110 or something like that he was on the early early versions of uh on the fly when all you got was phone interviews so we get to see his pretty face tonight with me tonight <laughs> and you've heard him do the bumper for our show you heard him before the show uh he, he's been in cheap trick he's been in full by thing he's been in uh gosh just countless bands up there but we're going to talk to him tonight about his time with a little band called freely's comet with uh of course ace freely from kiss and the 35th anniversary you see this up here of the second Freely's Comet album, Second Sight. There he is right there. Check that out. <laughs> With us tonight, and I've also got his uh, the Comet Canvas, Heavy Canvas, and Coastal Canvas. I've got to get the other two. I think there's two more after that, right? There's Yeah, there's a couple. Well, yeah, a couple older ones, yes. But you're on the money there, Stevie. Yeah, with us tonight is Mr. Todd Howarth. Mr. Howarth, welcome to the show again. Well, thanks, Stevie. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to glad to still be kicking around so many years later, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, what do you think about it? I mean, do you think about it? This is May, I think it was May 24th was the 35th anniversary of Second Sight, which was the second studio album for Freely's Comet. How, I mean, can you believe it's been 35 years? It, it's, it's wild how much time has gone by. As a matter of fact, I was, somebody just posted a live board tape of when i was with my first big band 707 it was yeah. recorded in 1982 Ooh. so i'm thinking that was 41 years ago oh my god yeah so it's, it's wild i mean and then you know fraley's comet was you know the first the first uh i quit cheap trick in 86 of december and joined uh, fraley's comet in the studio they were already recording in uh, january of uh, 1987 so it's I like wow. Look, I, I'm a I'm a huge Kiss fan. Have been since I was five years old. And when Ace left, he took a he took a little break from from public. You didn't see him a while around for a while. But of course, when he can't comes back out, you see the big guitar ad with him. First time you see him without makeup on, and then you hear he's got a band, Freely's Common. And I, you know, of course, I didn't care what it was back then. You you went to a record <laughs> store. Bought the cassette for the self-titled album, 
And I mean, they, it was on from there. I didn't know the only ones, you know, you and, and, and Mr. Reagan, John Reagan were in there. I knew Anton Fig because I stayed up a lot and watched David Letterman. But right. man, I knew he had played on uh, some of the Kiss stuff. But how did it come about with you getting into Freelance Comet? Well, I was on tour with, when I was playing with Cheap Trick uh, the first time, 85 and 86. I think it was in 86, uh, middle of the tour. We were on tour with uh, John Waite. And he was doing the uh, album that had the uh, his hit. I ain't missing you at all. <laughs> that tune. And uh, what a great song. I love that singer. Yeah. Uh, and John Regan was playing bass for John Waite. And I used to listen to their sound checks. And I'm a big fan of drums and bass and, you know, heavy backbeat. And and I finally, after a couple of sound checks during a tour, I just walked up to John after their sound checks and said, hey, you know, I, I'm... I'm Todd Howard, I play keyboards for Cheat Trick, and yeah, you, you guys sound phenomenal. Like, oh, hey, yeah, I know you are. I see you singing up there, and blah blah blah. So we started talking, and, and uh, he said, "Well, so what do you? I mean, what are, what are you doing? You're not doing this." I said, "Well, you know, I'm, I'm actually more of a guitar player, lead singer, and I'm you know songwriter." And he said, "Oh, really?" He says, "Wow." He says, "I'm working on a project right now that might have something like that in mind, or you know, might have an opening." for someone like you so let's exchange information so we did he said he, he couldn't tell me who it was because it was kind of secret and all that kind of crap which was understandable and then uh, about four months i think four months later or, or so he had given me a call we had talked and he said look uh the guy i work with is ace Frehley from kiss of course i knew who he was but i was right. never a, a, a big kiss fan i mean I, I i you know appreciated respected and admired what they accomplished my god but I was not a Kiss fan, but I knew that, you know, uh, Ace Frehley was the celebrated, uh, you know, guitar hero of the band. So I said, oh, cool. Uh, you know, I'd like to hear it and, and go from there. So they sent me out a tape and I listened to it. And yeah, I was not, it wasn't quite the material that I was going for. I want to go for more heavy type stuff. But uh, at that time, I was getting kind of tired of playing a cheap trick. Uh, after two years, like, you know, I just had about enough. So I said, yeah, okay, I'll, uh, I'll, uh, I did. So on a couple of flights back out to on a uh, East coast sh uh, show or tour with you trick, I stopped in and to New York and auditioned for Freddie's Comet. And it took two, two auditions for me to pass. Uh, and, uh, that's how I got in. Um, because I, you know, I could write songs and I could play several different instruments. Yeah, there was there was a you got a couple of songs on on the on the self titled album that you sanctioned because I remember, uh, I was like, this isn't Ace singing here. This can't be Ace singing because I mean, Ace's voice is. I'll put it this way. I look. I'll say. I'll tell you this. Ace is my favorite member of Kiss. Has been for a long, long time since I was a kid. But Ace's voice. I mean, how you say it? it He's not a singer. <laughs> It fits certain yeah. songs. Certain yeah, songs. You, he's got he's got a definite character for his his voice, and 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 that was something that was established when you know when we when the, I got into the band. So look, Ace is going to sing some songs, you know, but you're going to need to sing some songs too because Ace is not really a lead singer, but right. he wants to sing, and the fans want to hear him sing as they should because yeah. he's the regardless how his voice is. The fans want to hear that style and his voice because that's really a singing. I get that. I got yeah. it then. I get it even more now. But it's, it makes so much sense. So 
But yeah, that's that's, that's fine, you know, because I'm more of a singer than anything else. And uh, but his voice is very uh, indigenous of ace style vocals, you know, yes. and and that it's it's kiss spin off stuff. It works. It really does work for him. So uh, yeah, you could there was def, definitely a distinctive change when I started singing versus when Ace was singing. You know? Definitely, and people were like, "Wait a minute, who who is this guy?" So <laughs> uh, you guys, it's pretty successful with with the uh, self titled album. You guys go on tour. Let me ask you this. There, and I can't remember the venue when Gene and Paul came on stage. Uh, oh, when it, guys that was the limelight. Limelight. The limelight. Your- That's it. That's it. And, you know, what was, was it kind of, uh, could you feel tension in the air? Because I know, I know the story, the story was Gene wanted to play bass. And I don't know if this is true or not. And John said, no, I'm, a, I'm, I'm the bass player. That's it. <laughs> yeah, that uh, that that foot footprint put down a lot of things that would uh, would we have to uh, deal with later on in the future. But the thing was that uh, we were rehearsing Freddie's Comet in SIR New York in the big soundstage, and Kiss was rehearsing in there too. But they booked, unfortunately, after we already booked, so they had to go to the smaller stage. They weren't too thrilled about that. Oh, wow. You know, and this is all stuff I found out later on. But I kept seeing Gene and Paul stick their head in, you know, and and want to know what's going on. And I, I knew them, of course. I, I'd known Gene since 1980 when I was with a band in L.A. And we auditioned for Diana Ross to play, to open up for her in L.A. And Gene was with her then. So that's when I first yeah. met Gene. But anyhow, so uh, they were kind of wandering around. And, and I guess they got to talking. And I think uh, I think it was probably John that said, hey, you know, uh, you guys, John and Ace, and probably the manager said, you ought, you ought to come to Limelight and jump on stage and play, you know. And so they did. They showed up, and it was pandemonium for a lot of fans, you know, the Kiss fans. I mean, it was great stuff, you know. We had a lot yeah. of fun uh, doing that. And, and yeah, John, uh, you know, John is an incredible bass player. Yeah. And he's definitely earned the right to play his own bass on his own stage. And I, you know, it's kind of a, a cantankerous move, but John said, "Yep, I'm playing my bass." <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sure that went over well with Mr. Simmons. Yeah, he was like, "Okay, I'll remember that." Yeah. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Okay, you guys, you guys go on tour. Uh, Freely's Comet is is becoming a household name, and it's time for a follow up. So, what was it like? You know getting ready for second sighting. I mean, I, I'm sure you looking at this, you did a lot of the songwriting and this was pretty much some people call it a Todd Howarth album. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that. Well, <laughs> what happened is the way the record companies worked back then was they put money out and you'd record a record and hopefully you could recoup and make a lot of money, you know, sell millions. And then right. you started to make a lot of money because money's coming in for royalties. Well, sometimes record companies really don't want to pay the artist right off the bat, especially if they're, if they're doing okay. And so they immediately put them back in the debt again. So we did a live album. We did a live, live plus, live plus live one. Plus. And, you know, that was, we got, we had Bill Ward doing the, the tour and he and John were bumping heads and John, you know, said you're out and got Jamie Aldaker in yeah. and, but before he got Jamie Aldaker in, Anton Fig was on vacation for a couple of weeks from David Letterman's show. 
And we said, hey, why don't you come out and do a couple weeks with us and we'll record a live uh, EP. And so that's what we did there, which turned out to be a lot of fun. A lot of disheveled recordings, but there was a lot of energy. It was a lot of fun. Got that done. And, and then shortly after that, we were like, okay, now let's do the second, you know, the second studio album. And I was, I thought it was kind of rushed as well. I thought we had legs on the first album. But like I said, they, there was a cl- cross collateralization of, of funds for the record company. And, and I, I really didn't pay much attention to that because I was, I was really low man. On, I was down here on the totem pole. <laughs> I was up here in the decision making. You know, I was just, just the, the blonde guy that, that sang and, and plays guitar and piano. Uh, but so they decided to do another record. And so we went, slated the time for studio, got in there, and Ace really didn't have a lot of songs ready. And, you know, and he wasn't ready to go in there and start writing and recording a lot of tunes. Well, I was because I was always writing songs. I wrote songs when I was home. I wrote songs on the bus. I dragged my studio out in the tour bus. It was a big cumbersome eight-track reel-to-reel, and that was, geez, that's another nightmare. But <laughs> I record some stuff, and then I had songs ready, and so I was writing so many tunes, and then I wanted to write stuff that was collaborative that would work with with uh, Paul, Paul, Ace and I sing, Ace and me singing together, and right. I really wanted to. And I got a couple in there. And, you know, "Loser in the Fight" was yeah. fun. It wasn't really what I had in mind for us together because I wanted to go a little heavier, uh, but it was never to be. But Ace couldn't, and then Ace got sick. He had nasty bronchitis throughout the whole recording se- session, and he was he was barely there half the time. So um, we got we got the I, I put up my songs. We got about I guess six songs or five or six songs on there, and uh, Ace had a couple tunes, and and we got it done. But I was just serving up songs to get the, the damn thing done so we could go out on tour with Iron Maiden. Yeah, that I remember that tour. So were there was there any is there any songs out there that didn't make the album that you, you think should have made the album? Uh no, I don't I I don't think so. I, I don't I mean if there were it was probably in Ace's demos. And right. actually Ace had a couple of demo tunes that are pretty damn cool. We probably could have redone, but I think they were focusing on newer, fresh stuff, material, and and uh, and unfortunately, because I contributed so much trying to save our ass, you know, people started to think, oh, it's a Todd Howarth CD or Todd, you know, Todd's comment. <laughs> and there was, there's no way I'm competing with Ace Fraley. I mean, I mean, I knew where my place was. I played with, you know, uh, Chief Trick, Ted Nugent, and now Ace Fraley. I knew where I stood. There was no way that I was going. Oh yeah, it's my band now. No, it's not. <laughs> it's Todd's comment. Yeah, I mean it's ridiculous. I just Todd wanted to make comment. it fly, and I wanted to make sure that you know we could we could uh, have fun with the band, have some longevity. Uh, of course, you know I remember just like with the self-titled when Second Sight came out, head to the record store, and for you kids that don't know what that means, you have to you actually have to go to a record store and pick up the stuff you didn't great that you got it at your it's great that you got it you know i love the fact that i can pull it up anytime i want to but there's something i really miss about being able to like go to the record store and get second side or something get, like that. get the physical record right there that's the way read to go liner notes read the liner you know, notes. I, yeah i'm the same i'm the same way with books i read i haven't been able to read a lot lately but when i was 
touring. I mean, I read books, you know, extensively on the plane, yeah. in the tour yeah. buses, backstage. Uh, and I like a hardback copy. I don't want a digital book. I want the actual book so I can read it. And I put it like, why this? This is my old studio. I'm in right now. And it's it's I, my my kids as they grew up and, and left high school. They ended up living here when they went to college. But uh, this whole half the studio here was nothing but a book bookshelves with all my books on it. So when it comes to physical things, yeah, I want a physical yeah. thing to look at, like a CD. Or, yeah, that's why I loved the CDs you did because you know this Thank is you. like you know you go in and look at like this is a comic autograph by Mr. Howard. It's got. It's got the lyrics to it. And then you've got liner notes at the end, thanking thanking different people. Uh, yes. Thanking Ace Freely, Anton Fig, Richie Scarlett, late great Jamie Aldiker, John Reagan. I mean, just great. This is why I like this stuff. Um, it's important. It's important stuff. I mean, my, my son, who's an amazing artist, I, I told him the concept I wanted to have for the front albums. And then he said, yeah, they should all blend together. So that's a great idea. And yep. so we came up with the idea of the, the art canvas, because an artist, art canvases. So if you take all the covers out in each one of these, they, they fit alongside each other. I'm not even sure if I'm doing it right. I hadn't even seen Yeah, okay. they, they fit. And matter of fact, I think that's exactly it. They fit all together if you put them together. Wow. And See, these, I, didn't notice, I didn't notice that. See, I've got to yeah, do the, the other two to make it, make it right. But, I mean, we can talk more about that later. But my, my uh, wife took the pictures. And then my son did the developing of uh, the concept, and and I did all the liner notes and all the typing and everything. So if there's any mistakes, it's my fault. <laughs> but that, yeah, getting that hard copy because I used to read the liner notes. That was oh, one yeah. of the things I loved to do. When they when I opened a cassette or a CD and it didn't have many liner notes or anything, I was like kind of disappointed. But you know what can you do? But that was that was so right. important to me back in the day. Right, right. It, it is because you. I mean, you're like physically touching a little part of what somebody yeah. put out. That's and you important. never knew what kind of what kind of comments were going to be in there either. So you you really, uh, like Motley Crue had some messed up comments on some of their stuff. No, <laughs> like, I can imagine that. And plus, you get the All lyrics. Right. You you can find out what the lyrics are for real. Oh yeah, yeah. Because some of these some of these websites that had the lyrics. Because I grew up looking at the lyrics that came out of the CDs, and some of these websites that you look up lyrics. Have them totally screwed up. They're yeah, it's hilarious. Right. I mean, I went for years. I thought uh, Van Halen's uh, "I Got No Love, No Love in Korea." I'm thinking, why does he not have love in Korea? Why would he worry about having love? what's going on there? And, my, and it was my my brother was the worst for uh, mis misinterpreting songs. It was, uh, gosh, what was that? Shit, you shook me all night long. Mm. When he says and come back for more, he somehow he came up with cut some pale mouths. Cut I was like, mouth. what the heck are you talking about, dude? It's, it's always hilarious. More. Always, always yeah. funny stuff. All right. So let's get right into this. Uh, second sighting, May 24th, 1988, recorded at Media Sound Studios, New York City. Uh, number one, song number one, Insane. And let me tell you, this song has got the one of the best baseline intros that I've ever heard. That baseline intro that Mr. Reagan does, uh, I I fell in love with it from the start. I said, "Holy crap!" From the start, right there, yeah, that got me right there. And Ace does a great job with this. Uh, is it kind of autobiographical? 
biographical for Ace, the insane song, this song. Uh, yeah, it, it really is. Because there's, yeah. I learned a bunch, a bunch of crap that he did, not only with Kiss, but after that. And Richie Scarlett told me a story about something. Those two almost died in a car wreck. Uh, when they were coming back, uh, when they're you know they're hanging, I'm not. I think it was after me or before me. Uh, but he's like, yeah, yeah, he's driving, driving like crazy, I mean, flying off the road. Like, Jesus, I never heard about that. You know, but yeah, Ace Ace pretty wild. So it's it's pretty indicative of of his lifestyle and things he did, and and, and you know it makes it more fun for the fans to realize, hey, this is yeah. some real shit here. <laughs> Let me ask you this: the video, good song. Yeah, this was the second single that came off the album. But the video, yeah. a lot of people talk about it's, you know, with all the, the women up there and stuff like that, the nurses, stuff like that. Was Ace really aware of what Kiss was doing? Because this kind of reminds a lot of people of the uh, All Night video from Asylum a couple of years before. Uh, a lot of people say, and I don't know if Ace even had anything to do with the concept of the video, but this kind of reminds people of uh, all night. I and don't know anything about that. That's the first I've, been, I've ever heard about that. Um, I would doubt it, but right. he may have he, he may have interjected something about that because this, you know, this this idea we did this all in, in uh, again in SIR in New York, uh, two days to shoot it. Uh, I mean, and it it you know kind of writes itself when you think about it. Yeah, insane yeah. asylum. Uh, straight jacket, hot bitches everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm doing that. Yeah, I mean, there were so many fine women, and uh, you know, everybody thinks, you know, oh, you guys are dogs, and yeah, most men are. Uh, and but you know, I didn't, I didn't entertain any of those ladies, and that's honest to God's truth. Not that I didn't have thoughts. <laughs> you know, no, it, it was, it was quite, quite the video shoot. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was something that that's gone around a lot of the Kiss podcast world about, you know, insane kind of reminds you of uh, all night. It's it's a little different, but it's similar. If you go back and watch both of them, you'll see it's it's a little similar. It's I'm gonna have times. to look that up because I I've yeah. never I've never seen that. Check check it out when you get checked. Yeah. Insane, uh, like the late great uh, John Reagan with such a great intro that i'm telling you that is well, on he, my workout playlist right there and and, to, and when he played that live in the studio it had so much more attack and growl i don't know every time we mixed stuff all of a sudden his bass got a little muted and didn't have that oh, wow. fighting yeah. top. i mean he he could play like it just like wow i love that bass so i emulate his bass sounds on those on the head on the the, yes. the uh, three yes, solo cds i'm playing bass on especially on the heavy stuff I'm I'm playing John John Regan style, you know. It's just and he told me what how he does it and his little, little tricks to it. And it's like holy shit, that's the best sound ever. I mean, so yeah, John is he was solid to to hear him and Anton and Jamie play in the studio and just like a three piece, like when we recorded, it's over now. Holy right. crap, that was that was huge, just huge. Yeah. So, song number two is Todd Howard's song. Time ain't running out. Pretty oh, much, yeah. and this I guess I'm taking this is about a, a, a relationship going south. Uh, you've had enough. You just like you know I'm through. Yeah, as a matter of fact, it's it's about my a girlfriend I had in in San Francisco, and I you know, seven oh seven had broken up. I had nowhere to live. I was living with her. I was a, I was broke, 
and things weren't going so well in the relationship. So, uh, and, and, and certain things happened. I thought, you know, I'm out of here. I'm going to leave. And I went back down to San Diego and then I ended up playing with Ted Nugent like months later. So the song's about her. Her name's Carolyn. And we're Facebook friends uh, now, of course. Uh, okay. But, uh, I'm here to tell you. I hope y'all are friends because you just called yeah, her yeah. out. <laughs> uh, yeah. But she, she knows. And, and she, she was a singer. And I had helped her uh, do some demos for her way back when. And then she went in and, and ended up marrying uh, the lead singer from Pablo Cruz for a while. Oh, wow. And, then she, went, and then she went out and sang backup for Jefferson Starship. And there's more stories about that. But, yeah, she's uh, she was a be very beautiful woman and you know talented. Uh, and uh, it just it never worked out. Uh, but that song's about her, yeah. Pablo Cruz and Pablo Cruz is still around. I have no idea. Yes, because I, I I remember Pablo Cruz, but I I, I was like, I will refresh my memory. Or maybe I'll have to go what back. What you and gonna do when she says goodbye? What you gonna do when she's gone? They're gone. I forget the lyrics, something like that. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so yeah, but time ain't running out. Great song, uh, and, and the first of the Todd Howards. Uh, up here. Then we go to number three, Dancing with Danger. And this is, it, it's a lot of questions. This was a, some people say it's like a cover of a band called, from a band called Street Heart. And then yeah. they say that Ace and of all people, uh, Slaughter and Benny Vincent Invasion bass player Dana Strum worked some lyrics into it. Do you know anything about that? I don't, I'd have to read the credits on it, but I know it wasn't. It wasn't uh, it wasn't an Ace song. I do know that uh, when I I recorded uh, a project for a for Shock Records back in '96 '97, and I redid Dancing with Danger, and I I played everything yeah. myself yeah. with the drums. And uh, let's see, it was written by yeah Dana Strum and Spencer Proffer and Streetheart. Yeah, matter of fact, yeah, I just played with Dana Strum. Uh, up in uh, San Pedro with Return of the Comet type thing, but yeah, it was. There's always a, a plethora of writers, but yeah, it, it's a good song. But yeah, you're right. You're right. It says Dance, Dance with Danger is a cover version of a song recorded by the Canadian band Streetheart, which had featured future Loverboy members Paul Dean and Matt Frenette. Although the songwriter credits list Ace Freely and Dana Strum, the music and lyrics are very similar to the original version. So I would not be surprised. I, you know, this is okay song for me. It's not not my favorite off the album. It's probably will be in the lower half of of if I ranked. It. And I've got my top three, and I'm going to share my top three with you. Cool, we'll cool. Get through. Uh, Hope I'm in there. <laughs> you know, as many times as me and you have talked about this next song, you know, <laughs> you're in that top three because the next song is probably. It's definitely in my top five favorite songs of all time. People out there, you can crap on me for it if you want to. But from yeah. the first time, the first time I heard this song, I was like, and this was, look, I'm a sucker for the ballads. No doubt about it. I'll, I'll admit that. I'm a, I'm a, I've got a mushy heart, I guess. But it's over You're now. Romantic. Yes, yes. It's over now. Like I said, one of my all-time favorites. Um what was Ace's thought on this? Because, and let me add, let me ask you this: Watching the video, Ace is up there playing the guitar, 
And when y'all do the whole A thing, there's no way Ace is doing that background work, right? <laughs> no. No, you know, the, the problem is I wrote the song for Cheap Trick to Do back in 1986. Wow. Uh, and and uh, they they listened to it. Matter of fact, Bunny Carlos listened to it in, in Rick Nielsen's uh, little studio um, that we were rehearsing in for uh, the, sh uh, the tour. And Bunny goes, wow. That's that's kind of good. It's, it's too long though. You need to edit it, and so I did. I edited it, and so I I played it for the guys and, and the manager. And the manager flipped. He loved the song. I played it for the guys, the cheap trick, and they were like, because they always bug me. Write songs first. Write some songs. You know, your song. Write write some songs. So I was always writing ideas, and we we messed around with a few of them, but they never messed around with that one. It's probably because it was pretty predominant and, and heavy keyboard player uh, tune. Uh, so I I saved it and. I showed it to John when we were record, recording the or mixing the first record. And I was playing it on the grand piano. He goes, "Holy crap, that's a great song!" Yeah, you know, <laughs> I sang it from right there. I did everything live, and he said, "We'll do that from the next album." Well, Ace heard it, and he—I don't remember exactly what he was. I guess somewhat indifferent about it. Yeah, it's a good song. He really did, was didn't say yay or nay, but you know, it, it was the power ballad, power ballad era. And yeah. so I said, yeah, let's do it. So um, Anton, uh, Anton, uh, Jamie, John, and I recorded basic tracks with just piano. And then, because uh, they knew what, because I had arranged it on a demo and played it for them. And then I threw in the, all the guitars. I mean, I played everything on it except for bass and drums. And I sang all the vocals. Right. And then I did the lead because I had an idea for the lead. Knowing, you know, damn good wealth, Ace comes and goes, I need to do the lead. It was going to be an Ace lead. And rightly so, because it's his band. Right. My song, but his band. So he came in and we played it, you know, for him. Uh, and he spun around. He was in the studio like this. He spun around after the song. He goes, I, well, actually, I back, back, back up a little bit. I go, Ace, you know, Todd did the lead. You want to listen to it, see what you think, you know, and maybe you want to add some rhythm guitar parts and or uh, do the lead. And so he listens to it like this in the studio, and he goes, and then he goes, well, what's wrong with it? You know, well, no, nothing's wrong with it. We just want to know if you want to do anything. Goes, no, it's, it's great. Leave it as it is. I, I, I will say, I, I don't think there's there's some things that you just don't do, and I don't think Ace Freely trying a power ballad is, is going to work. I mean, just like we talked about, his voice was unique, but going to a power ballad, I, don't, I, don't, I can't imagine Ace trying to do it. It's over now. I, I, you know, I, and I, he could have, but he was at least thoughtful and gracious enough to just let me do it. And the thing is, and here's another thing, he wanted me to play more lead. I mean, you know, because Richie Scarlett is a phenomenal guitar player, right. great lead player, and he writes some great songs. His singing, you know, that, that's Richie Scarlett's singing. It's his style. I'm not going to bag on that. But uh, Ace wanted me to play some lead. But I was just a, a, a diametrically opposed lead player because I'm I'm all melody, and you know a little bit of you know tap and that kind of thing. Uh, but so he, in his mind, he probably thought, well, good, he's finally playing some lead. I don't have to play everything. But I, I just took it as a consideration from Ace that I was forever grateful for to let to for him to let me play my lead on my song. Yeah, and the, intro, and the intro to that is is freaking awesome. The way it starts up, dun, 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 dun. and then oh, thank you. Yeah, that, yeah, and that's the way I have written it for Cheap Trick. 
Yeah. Um, Evidently, somebody thought something of it because this was the first single that came out. Usually back in the day with with like the 80s rock bands, you didn't see a power ballad as the first single coming out. You you had an upbeat song that came out. This this actually was the first single. single. Yeah. it's it's over now. It was a third single. Oh, was a third because it's got us. Okay, maybe they have got it wrong up here because they're saying this I, well, was the first the first single. I, I, I will tell you, the first single was insane, right? And then uh, then I believe it it may have been yeah it was the second one. It's over now. I believe was the uh, the second one, and then uh, Fallen Angel was slated almost to be a third one. But the right. problem was, and I'm, I'm probably jumping ahead here, the label didn't want too many songs of me singing. They wanted Ace singing and doing stuff because it was Ace band. Now I get it, you know, I get it, but and I got it then, but it, I think it, it the the conflict kind of killed us. I think, yeah, you know, I mean, a good song is a good song. You know, Ace was strong enough as a guitar player; he didn't need to have to sing lead. Now, and at one point they all they were thinking about having Ace redo the lead on "It's Over Now," and release it as a secondary single again. And we thought, well, that's you know, the, the the horse is out of the barn. You're, yeah, you've exactly. already released it. Be it, it, was, it was very it was a struggle, but and again, I was I was not privy to a lot of the decisions, and therefore uh, oblivious to some of the the, the banter behind the scenes. So I, and John's not here to, to correct me, so I don't know where I'm wrong. You know? <laughs> so how how fun was it making the video? It uh, they wanted to use mm, it's for for it's over now. Yeah, it was it was a concept. It was it was done on the fly because we were going to uh, New uh, London, England, to do the the live uh, concert and film three. Uh, filmed the whole show and then filmed right. three singles for very busy few days. And so the idea was, you know, to in, involve my first wife then, uh, because at that time, you know, she's very striking and everybody's like, holy crap, you know, yeah, let's use her. And so they did. And it was fun. Uh, there was a lot of, I was doing a little bit of battle with my first wife at that point in time, because, there was a lot of issues that we don't need to go into. Right. I got you. Uh, you know, it, that type of thing. But it was fun doing the video. I mean, I always loved doing the videos that it was just a lot of fun for me, you know. Because that, I mean, and and the 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 thing they talk about, you talk about with Fallen Angel, they didn't want to put out too much with Ace, but you were the focal point of that video. It's over now. I mean, this was not. Uh, Ace is in it, but you were the focal point of that video. And and I was like, well, this guy, you know, this guy can do yeah. it. I mean, but did they it, have a problem? It, you know, did that make a problem there? Um, it, I think it did because they didn't put a lot of money behind it. Right. Had we been smart, we would have probably done two different leads. And and maybe Ace should have done the lead for him. I, I could have produced him to do the, a melodic lead. Of course, you know, Ace is going to play what Ace is going to play. You know, right. that, you know, nobody's going to tell him what to play. I mean, we tried to help help him guide in his style. And he could have done something very well for it, I'm sure. That probably could have saved the band and the song for the commercial success of it. Right. And But it, it just it never happened. 
it definitely doesn't get enough credit. I mean, I right didn't throw with the. I didn't throw a foot, you know, fit and put my foot down. No, it's got to be my side. Me, 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 me. I never did that. It was Ace's decision. Leave it. Let's move on to the next thing. Yeah. So, and he probably felt he had enough power and and contribution in other songs to go, you know, mucking up. It's over now. Yeah. So, like I said, one of my all-time favorite songs. It's definitely Thank in my you. top five. Definitely beautiful song. And uh, a friend of mine, Sonny Pooney, I don't know if you remember him or not. He's he's interviewed you before. Yeah. He he was talking about, you know, how much he loved that song. And, uh, yeah, so he, he I had to make sure I mentioned him tonight. Um, Fantastic. Number five, Loser in a Fight. This is Loser in a Fight. Yeah, definitely. You and Ace trading trading vocals, and look, you know, with Kiss, I love it with Gene and Paul trade vocals back and forth. And this one was one, you know, I can't give away, but it might be in that top three. So, uh, yeah, loser in a fight. What was it like with recording that with you and Ace back and forth? How did that go? That you know, that was fun because I said, look, I'll, I'm gonna sing this, and then you can sing this. And I was helping produce and helping kind of shape his singing style because his style was, you know, rough out, rough around the edges as far as I was concerned. But again, it worked for his style. But trying to make it work together, let's do this, let's do that. And I was thinking the whole time we were recording and, and doing this song, oh, I can't wait to write more stuff that'll that'll be more suiting and heavier for Ace and me to go back and forth on. And, and then even some guitar stuff. So I, I had high hopes for the next album, even while we were recording this one. But it was fun, you know. Uh, and I think Ace enjoyed it as well. And uh, it, and then we played – we never got to play that live. Um, I don't think we did. Yeah, we, we're going to do that, and it's over now in the second part of the tour for with Iron Maiden. But we never got a chance to work it up. But yeah, it, it was fun. It really was fun. The thing is, is the song started out, it's supposed to really have a heavy groove. And at the end of the song, we were like galloping. I get, you know, Jamie yeah. Aldridge, we just got sped up, sped up, sped up. And I said, let's speed it up. You know, I said, that should be okay. Okay. You know, because I'm used to playing with the Metrodome, you know, pick, right. pick, you know, 70 beats per minute. And I don't want to hear 72 at the end, you know, you know, that type of thing. Speaking of the tour. You guys with Iron Maiden, <clears throat> what was the reception like for you guys playing for, with Iron Maiden with that Iron Maiden crowd? It was it was pretty good. It was it was actually far better than when <laughs> when Seven O Seven was playing for Judas Priest. That really <laughs> didn't go over that well. You know, a lot of shit was thrown at me or, or, or at us. I mean, dodgy stuff, you know. All the time. <laughs> uh, but. Uh, yeah, uh, we did well. I think they accepted us, you know, because because of Ace and Kiss, yeah. the connection yeah. there. So uh, we did we did all right, you know. Um, Iron Iron Maiden, of course, you know, far different creature from what we are, but uh, they, they the audience was kind. I would say right, right, because I've heard some some horror stories. I think uh, back in the day when Poco opened for Kiss, Poco with Vince Gill, the country singer. And they're opening up for Kiss, and Vince Gill said that he, that there was some things said to him that he he could never repeat. He thought he had never heard before. So uh, yeah, yeah. But that was a little. Oh different. yeah. Oko opening up for Kiss. I can't. Yeah, that, that. that was too wide of a, a demographic there to stretch exactly. for. 
So number six, juvenile delinquent. Uh, the intro is good. The rhythm's good. It's another A song. Uh, what was it like with juvenile delinquent? That the the the, the I, I like the song. The song yeah. it's got a nice pulsing groove to it. But John, I got to tell you a story. John Regan and I were in the studio, and we hadn't heard A sing it. We just saw the lyrics, and so we're both going, How, "How's this going to work?" What? <laughs> don't don't let. Okay, that's the chorus part right there. Okay, John, uh, Scott Mabucci was our engineer, co-producer. So that's that's the chorus. And what? How? <laughs> what is it going to say? Don't let them call you a juvenile delinquent. Don't let them say, say you're insane. God, I hope that's not the melody. <laughs> that's what we were laughing about. And then Ace comes in and he sings it. You know, of course, it's completely different, which was hilarious. Don't let them call you juvenile delinquent. You know, and I'm doing the, the high harmonies. And, but, and, 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 thought, oh, and then we thought, okay, good. It's, it's saved because I could imagine saying, don't let them call you a juvenile delinquent. Don't let them say, <laughs> say you're insane. Like, oh, God, I please, I don't want to have to sing backups to that, you know. Yeah, it, it turned out to be a pretty, a pretty good it song. Was a fun song. It was a fun song. Yeah. The chorus is good. The chorus ended, ended up really good. That's probably my favorite part of it. So then we move on to number seven, Fallen Angel. Another Fallen oh! Angel. Angel. That is my favorite part right there. I'm glad you did that. But yeah, uh, and you say this was slated to be single number three, but they didn't want to put it out because they didn't well, want. I'm not sure if it was slated to be. It was. It was videotaped and put in the can just in case. And there's a bootleg oh. video of it going around. Really? I've got. It. I've got. It. Yeah. It's a. Yeah. I know you better. I see you flying. Sometimes I wish that you would fall down. Yeah. Now, yep. now you got my curiosity. Up. <laughs> I, I, I'm curious. Well, can you share? You say it was videotape. What was the concept of the video? Uh, it was just a live. If you can share it. Oh, it's a live performance yeah. video. Okay. Just a live okay. performance of us lip syncing. Oh, it. I see it right here. Yeah. Yeah, I see it right here. Now, I've got to go back and watch. I've never seen that. I didn't know that. Never so I'm going to check this. Yeah. I've got to check fun. this out. Um, yeah, Ace Freely Unreleased Fallen Angel video. Okay. I, I found it. Separate, number eight. And that's that's a good one, too. You know, the chorus is different. Separate the men from the boys. The boys. Yeah, yeah, I had mixed emotions about that tune. Uh, there was it's, a lot of jokes that went around. Went around about it. Uh, you know, the message is 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 obvious, but of course, you if you're of a, a comedic type guy, you would say, "I, I know, I'm going to take the song and turn it around a little bit and and mess with it a bit." I, yeah, I, it was. I was indifferent about it. You know, it was. I thought we could have probably done something different on there, but you know, again, there was you know Ace Frehley, John Regan, Anton Fig, and then Jamie Oldacre and. I'm way down there, you know. <laughs> hey, you yeah, guys! Hey, no, I got an idea. Shut up. Okay. I <laughs> see that 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 bothers me. There, that bothers me. Oh, there. I, I think you get you get, you got a brilliant mind. I, that I mean, that's obvious, and should have give you more credit or more. I appreciate that. It just is. Um, it is what it was. Yeah, it is what it is. 
Uh, New Kind of Lover, another Todd song. Fun now, song, yeah. Yeah. That was written for a movie. Really? Yeah. There was movie a movie was coming out with, um, I believe it was with David Duchovny and somebody else. It was kind of like an alien ghost movie or something like that. And they gave me, they gave us the idea of what they wanted. And, it, you know, because it was kind of ghosty, everybody looks at me like, okay, well, you write it. Okay, I will. So I did, you know. She's made of shadows that live at night. I dream of things that no one, no one would dare. I think that's weird. I but uh, and then it went into the chorus. It, but it was it was so much fun to play, you know. Right. Now, and uh, how many of these songs did you get guys get to play live? Because the set list. I looked at set list at them, and there was a couple up there. I think that uh, it's over now. Never got performed live. That no, not the original. Really, not the original comment. We never did. Uh, I I'm not even sure if we did new kind of lover at all. We didn't do. We may have done separate. We did fallen angel, of course. We I'm not. God, you know I don't remember. That's I'm looking at. Was. I'm looking at set list FM, uh, juvenile delinquents up there. Yeah, uh, this is yeah. from the Spectrum in Philadelphia, July twenty second, nineteen eighty eight. Leading off with "Shock Me." Did you you remember the leading off with "Shock Me"? Yeah. Oh yeah. That's kind of that's kind of crazy. Yeah, um, we sometimes we do shock. You know, we do like a kiss thing, and then we throw in our stuff, and, and it, it was kind of fun. I mean, we had fun with it. Uh, right. I was having running outs up here. Yeah, time been running out, and we and then, never did Dance of Danger, never did uh, It's Over Now, never did Illusion of Fight. We Juvenile might have done Fallen Angel. I don't remember. Maybe not. Insane's uh, up here. Yeah. Yeah, then we had uh, you know the first album, and then then some Kiss songs. So, you know, for, had- for probably 12 or 13 songs tops at that time, yeah. I think. So last song. The acorn is spinning. And the now, acorn I, is spinning. I got to ask it, you this. This was, this was at, this, I was told too to ask this question, and that was already on my list. Right. Did Ace feel like he had to do an instrumental on every album? Uh, I think that was that was conducive or in continuity with his other stuff, yes. Uh, I, I had thought I wasn't into it. I thought, well, we should do another song. Let's just do a song, yes. you know. And it this became an instrumental um, or fun type instrumental based on something the guy said to Ace once. I think that's how it worked out. And I always remember the acorn is spinning, and they never really knew what the hell that meant. But you know, Ace, he found a funny he, thing. He's got about a boxing it. reference in it where he talks in the in the song. He he talks about the boxer is called the acorn. And he, because he's like the acorn is spinning. He's gone down. This is the third time. Oh yeah, and he, yeah. And then he starts counting. He goes eight, nine, ten. He's the acorn is done. And I'm like, okay, what kind of boxer is calling himself the acorn anyway? I mean, who knows? It may have been his haircut. Uh, but uh, you know, I, and I yeah, we we did the I did the like uh, the Brooklyn voice in there. I'm doing that. Uh, oh, you did it. That's you. Yeah, it was me doing the. the <laughs> And uh, also, not on this record, but on the other record, on uh, the first record, the song Dolls, 
there's a yodel in the middle part. I'm doing yodeling. What no, you can you barely hear it. While I mean, I've got you on that, while I've got you on that, what did you think of that song? Dolls? Yeah. I think I thought we could have done something different. Definitely. I, I, I was like, eh, why eh, not my record? You know, first record, yeah. I, I was even lower on the totem pole. I would have liked to have a heavy rock song. It was Ace Deal. You know, if I wrote a song about dolls, they'd be it'd be a really dark and deadly about the dolls. Yeah, they they come dolls. to life at night and kill you. You know, <laughs> that's that's a doll song to me. I, but I love you know, my dolls. We're recording and I'm singing the backgrounds, and it comes up to the middle part there, and I go, and I start just goofing off. I've got to get and back and look at that now. I'm watching the uh, the the control booth, and Ace, you know, his head rocks back in the chair, and they're all dying laughing. And so they left it in there. They just mixed it way down. I've got to get back and look at that now. Because I've never heard the yodeling. Now, yeah. So. After here, because isn't that Monique singing with him at the end? Yeah, it's it's Monique. Uh, it's Eddie Kramer's daughter, and I think one of Monique's friends back then. Okay. Uh, I don't remember if I was there for when they did that or not. I think I was gone for that. So uh, that's 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 the ten tracks from Second Sighting. And if I'm having to rank my top three, number three is Fallen Angel. And nice. I'm blowing, I'm not blowing smoke up. Number two is Loser in a Fight. Cool. And then then number one by a mile, by a ton of miles, it's just over now. So that's, that's my top three there. Uh, I'll, I am honored. After this, after you guys do the tour, and you talked about you, you had plans for like heavier songs to write about that you and Ace had sing, what happened? I mean, I've heard the stories. That they, they just dropped through this comment and wanted it to be Ace Freely. Uh, th what happened was we, we, <laughs> we ran out of money during the tour for Iron Maiden. It wasn't managed properly. And I, I'm not entirely sure who to lay, lay blame on, but that's a moot point at, at this point. Um, but so we were thought, okay, we'll regroup, get back out there, get some investors, go back out on tour. Then they thought, well, let's not, Let's not do that. Let's let's get back in and start preparing and writing for the next album. And I'm thinking, wow, the next album. But what happened then was they said, and the next album, it's got to be all Ace singing and all Ace writing. And uh, you know that put a dagger in in my heart. I'm sure on many different levels because you know I here I now I had to take three steps backwards. And I was not going to be able to write songs, which you know I couldn't make any publishing money. I mean, and I had three young kids. Yeah, that you know I had to provide for that and a little family, and I can't sing. Uh, so okay, now you don't get to sing anymore. That's pretty much a slap in the face. And I've heard it was from the label. Label decided that. I don't know if John and Ace had come up with it. And I honestly, I, I think you know John made about it to a degree, but wasn't overly wild about it. But he, in his business sense, probably said, well, it might be a good idea. I think Ace probably thought, eh, I'm not sure about it either, but it was stressed that, upon that that's what should happen. So they told me, and I said, look, you know, I, I and I thought about it for a while, I said, and I called up Ace, and I said, look, Ace, I have to leave the band. I, 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 it kills me, 
you know, I, I really thought I had a future here, but I can't, right. I can't have any, I can't make a living doing this. No. I mean, what am I going to be a part of? So I left the band and then all these rumors came out. Todd got fired because he made, he wrote too many keyboard songs. What? I didn't write, I, oh, one keyboard song, which is yeah. balls out heavy. If you really think about it. Yeah. And it, it was just perplexing and upsetting to me to think that that's what people thought. I got fired because I played two keyboards. And a lot of the, some of the keyboards, like on Dance with Danger, I didn't play those keyboards. And uh, and words are not enough. Those aren't my keyboards. If had I played keyboards on that kind of stuff, I would have done a different type of keyboards that were more heavy Zeppelin type, you know, orchestration right. strings and no tinkly bell shit. I didn't, I didn't do that kind of stuff. You know, unless it's my easy listening material. And speaking of words are not enough, that should have probably been on here instead of vehicle and a spit on play. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Words are a great song, you know. Exactly. That, really yeah, that live plus one, uh, a lot of people talk. I, I, matter of fact, I just listened to. They did a. Uh, it was called the Slam Fest podcast. They just did a Ace Freely solo draft, and people they were praising words are not enough. So, yeah, it, we we just did that song when I did Anton and I did the the uh, Kiss convention in San Pedro last October, right? And and John was supposed to be there, but he couldn't fly because of health problems. So we got Brad Lang from the Bull Boys, right? Unbelievable monster. He plays with his fingers and he sings too. And then we got uh, Keith Robert War, a friend of mine I play with. In he's a younger guy, and in I played. Uh, in a kiss tribute bands on the East coast and out of Las Vegas now. So we did a whole set and we smoked it and we did words are not enough. And I played keyboards oh, instead wow. of like, we, we did it. We did words are not enough with uh return of the comet. And I played guitar and we never got to, we only did seven shows with that band and we never got to be really tight, but we had fun with it in, uh, in uh, last uh, October. And it, it really was an overlooked song. I mean, I didn't, I didn't really care for the keyboard treatment back then, so I wasn't overly wild about it. But as a song, it was a great song. Yeah, definitely. Um, we, you know, we talked about the whole album, and and unfortunately, two of the members of the band that were in this album are no longer with us: uh, Jamie Oldiker and and Mr. John Reagan. Uh, talk a little bit about those guys, how much they meant to you, because I know we had there was plans in the making for for us to have you and, and Mr. Reagan on right. the show. And we were set. Matter of fact, the day before he passed, I was texting back and forth with him about a date. And I hate that we never got that because I think that would have been so awesome to have you two up here and just talk back and forth uh, about yeah. situations there. And he was, I remember he, that you tried yeah, very, always, very always so accommodating when he texted me, you know, whenever I texted him, he was like, yeah, because at first he was like, look, I don't really want to talk about the same old thing. Because for a year when I would message him, he was like, I don't really want to talk about the same old, same old thing. If something comes up, then we'll do that. And and then I, it popped in my head. I, I messaged you about something. I said, and I sent him a text. I said, what if I got Mr. Howarth on here and you and him got together? And he was like, the first words that came out on the text was, bingo, you got it. He said, make it happen. So... John and I had done a couple other interviews uh, in the past together, and it was fun because, of course, you bounce stuff off each other and you yeah. remember, remember remember things, and, and you, your memory gets jogged, which is really good. And I remember us, you, 
reaching out and talking about it. We kept going back and forth, unfortunately. The time difference and then, you know, East Coast, right coast, left coast, and that type of thing. And we almost had it until we didn't. And I I feel very, uh, very uh, saddened by the fact that we couldn't do that. But John, John was, he, he was, yeah, he was phenomenal in in uh, a lot of things that he would uh, talk about and contribute in interviews, and uh, it, it was it was upsetting to to find out that you know he had had health problems back when we were doing the, uh, four by feet, right. and then the return of the comet, he, he just couldn't he couldn't stand and play for a long time. He got kind of dizzy. Turned out he had issues with low blood pressure, very low oh, wow. blood pressure, which would drop out and, and almost faint. So he was, you know, seeing the doctor about that and 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 uh, they're trying to help and correct it, but there's not much they could do about it for him, evidently, which restricted him from flying and and, and bus travel and anything else. It was just very difficult. So I had to stay on the east on the east coast. Um, so that made it miserable for him because there's a lot of things that he wanted to do with us and he couldn't do. Um, and that was very sad. And and the day that he passed, it was a Friday. Uh, earlier this year, just before Nam, and he had t- he had texted me in the morning, and uh, I and I or he called me and and I yeah he called me and I, I answered and I heard the sounds of him walking or something I and I texted back said you rang and he said I, I didn't you know I didn't mean to I hope I didn't wake you I said no I was out walking the dog you know and uh, you know I'll I'll talk to you later on and. I never got to talk to him later on because a friend of ours who's a retired policeman in Wapenish Falls called me and said, hey, I just found out that John's been picked up at, at his residence and he's non-responsive. And I said, oh, crap. I said, please let me know what's going on. You keep me keep me posted. And we hung up and uh, I was, it wasn't maybe 10 minutes later, he called me and said, hey, John's passed. Oh, and it was just horrible. So, you know, and, and, and this year has not been a good year for a lot of people and pets close to me yeah. and nothing comparing yeah. people but you know i got two ants that passed you know uh, john passed some other people passed that i know um and so it, it was very difficult uh i called everybody I, I i i never talked to ace but ace was spoken to and ace fortunately showed up in the uh, the uh, the uh funeral services for him in New York, and I couldn't. Peter Frampton showed up, and unfortunately, I, I was in Nam with a few other business guys. We all should have been there because we we're very close to, to John. But uh, we're going to do something for him in the future. Here, it hasn't been panned out yet. But um, I spoke to everybody that day, and I talked to Steve Budgie Warner from from uh, Return of the Comet, and I spoke to Richie Scarlett, and I spoke to Danny Stanton, uh, and and. Uh, plethora of other people and it's just, just very upsetting yeah. uh that he passed yeah I, I like i said i just knew him through text but he, he and, and it's hard to tell a tone in a text but it, it always seemed like you know mr reagan was such a nice guy he was he was very genuine if you made a good friend with him he'd stay friends for life if you crossed him you know then you were crossed for life but you know he was an italian you know old world italian uh but he, he had a great sense of humor. We laughed about a lot of stuff. I mean, you know, like the vocal things, you know, juvenile delinquent. We had some other things. That instead of rock soldiers, sometimes we'd sing something else besides rock, you know, Rhyme which we rock. laughed on stage. Huh? <laughs> yeah, you know, Rhyme with rock. 
and that was male genitalia soldiers, you know, but it wasn't male genitalia. Yeah, as soon as you said that, that's got to be what it is. And and the ace is sometimes here, and he look over and start laughing too. You know, we're just having fun because we're there to have fun on stage. Um, but he had a great sense of humor, and and uh, he was the reason I was in the in the comet. And uh, right. yeah, forever grateful uh, for what he did. Yeah, definitely. And we he, he sorely missed. Uh, yes, we've got a segment on the show. We didn't do this last time with you. We got a segment on the show. I like to call the two minute drill. And this is just some quick hitting questions uh -oh. that, I mean, no right or wrong answers, but it's just quick hitting questions that uh, mm -hmm. we'll see. We'll see how you, uh, how you do here. All right. You ready? I'll raise all ever be. Okay. Favorite meal. Uh, is uh, uh, Mexican. Mexican. Favorite music artist or band. Uh, Jeff Beck. Jeff Beck. Okay. Coke or Pepsi? Uh, Pepsi. Favorite sport to watch? UFC. Yes. Okay. Pineapple on pizza? I'm allergic to pineapple. No. No. That's a big no then. Uh, favorite movie? Um, Against All Odds. Wow. Okay. That's one I hadn't heard before. Yeah. Favorite TV show? Actually, there's many of them. Favorite TV show? Oh, God, what era? Um, any probably, era. Any era. Probably uh, the Monkees. Hey, I'm a big Monkees fan. I love the Monkees. I love that. I used, I love the 60s. Hey, with the Monkees. I didn't, I didn't discover it till you know, the big 80s revival of the Monkees. And you come home, you know, come home from school, and all of a sudden, in syndication, the show when the Monkees, I was like, what the heck is this? And then I started watching. I was like, "Wow, these these guys are pretty good." Like, yeah, I'm a big Monkeys fan. Yeah. Um, first concert you went to? Uh, Neil Young. Yeah. First album you bought? Uh, with my own money was uh, T Rex, Mark Bowen. I got you. I got you. If you could go back to any kind of like famous music event, what would it be? Like a concert or anything like that. Um, I saw Van Halen when they first came here. Uh, that's a difficult one. I'm not really you know, Woodstock. Everybody says Woodstock. Yeah, I imagine. Yeah. Uh, maybe live at the Fillmore. Gotcha. Uh, humble pie. All right. Last one. If you could collaborate with any music artist, past or present, who would it be? Oh, uh, probably Allison Chains. Wow, now that would be interesting. Yeah, there. yeah I, I, I'm a big Lane's fan. I, I can I can sing just like him, and I love I can do all those harmonies, that type of dark stuff. The other one would be uh, Robin Zander from Cheap Trick. I'm, I've talked to him about that today. We should do a acoustical set going up, you know. Wow. Yeah, that, yeah I, the, I wasn't big into the whole grunge thing back in the day. Uh, yeah. Because it killed, it killed my favorite genre of music. It, it killed, killed me. I, I loved it because it was so fresh. I was like, wow, yeah. this is great stuff. It's new. Oh, my career is over. You know. <laughs> 
but you know, I do it. Uh, I challenged myself about about three years ago to instead of listening to the hits off an album, I go back. I listen to entire albums that I wouldn't have listened to, or some that I've already listened to, but some that I hadn't listened to, and I rank every song from one to five. And Allison Chains, I, and I've heard I'd heard the hits from Allison Chains, but some of the other songs. You're right. The 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 harmonies that they him and uh, wicked. Oh God. It's just insane. I'm the man in the box. Of course, everybody. My shit. Just a shame. Just a shame that that Lane's not with us anymore either, because no telling what he could have done. Um, What a okay, Todd Howarth. What does Todd Howarth got coming in the future? What's he got going on now? Well, I am finishing up my autobiography right now. I, I got to get on wow. it. I started about five years ago, uh, and then I'm going to do an audio book of it. Um, and of course, uh, you've got the Comet Canvas out there. The, there's three CDs: the Heavy Canvas, Comet Canvas, yeah. Yeah, and then after that it. one is yeah, you got them right there. Is the the the, the Heavy Canvas, the Comet Canvas, of which I've got in wrong order. Right like that. And then after that, we got the coastal ca- canvas. Now, this took five years to <laughs> let me. Oh, wow. There we go. Yeah, five yeah, years yeah, to put yeah. together. Not not five years. The book is five years together. Yeah. Uh, this took a few years to put together because I started recording some of the songs uh, just before I joined or, or formed Four by Fate. And then we went on to uh, Return of the Comments. So I spent a lot of time uh, writing and recording and playing all the instruments and doing all the vocals on about 29, 30 songs on all three of those CDs. And they're now released through my uh, Shopify uh, website on toddhoward.biz. And uh, they're, uh, I'm, I'm almost not quite sold out of the first pressing, and I'm not doing a second pressing. You right. know, I'm, I'm, not gonna, I'm not Taylor Swift, so we're not going there. <laughs> uh, so I'm just going to you know, sell this out, and that'll be, that'll be over with. But uh, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to doing a new band later this year, maybe early next year. I'm not sure yet, but uh, I got to finish my autobiography and then I'm going to re- record an audio book of it because I have the studio. Why not? You know, so I'll yeah. do a, an audio of that. And it's, it's almost done. I've got to edit the, the, the book and it's going to take a while to do that because I've got a lot of stuff. I'm collecting some photos. I've, I've, I've done some live broadcasts and asked them some fo- photos of me. Unfortunately, a lot of people sent recent stuff. I'm going to try to see if I can find older stuff from like 707, Nugent, and even Cheap Trick. But it's kind of hard to find some of those pictures of me. They're out there, and I've got a few. But And I'll assemble it, put it together, and I'm going to put that out on uh, CD uh, or Book Baby. Uh, C- CD Baby, but it's going to be uh, Book Baby. Uh, we'll okay. do that. We'll definitely so keep us on that. Because I, I've definitely got to get it. And also, guys, when I order CDs, this is, I got this as well. Three pigs. Oh, yeah. The autograph. I keep that on display over here on, on my. Fantastic. On my shelf right there next to my kiss stuff. So yeah, uh, I, just had to, I just had to order a bunch of new picks because oh, wow. Stevie's been buying them all, you know. So <laughs> I got them. Never get used. That, that, got those in there. That'll be and up on my wall for a long time. Fantastic! I'm I'm honored. I'm proud. Thank you for that. At, at, before I let you go, I just got to tell you, thank you again 
uh, for taking time out. I know we've been talking about this for a while and taking time out of your busy schedule because it is it is quite an honor. Because, like I said, it's it's not every day you get to talk to a guy that's got that is one of your top songs of all time. He's a singer on that song. Not every day somebody gets to do that. And I really appreciate you uh, working with me and taking time out of your schedule to do this. Well, I, Stephen, I appreciate you saying so. I, I expressing your favorite song out of the, uh, the 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 comments tunes that we did, or at least the ones that I did. I'm very flattered and humbled by that. Uh, I'm very happy. Uh, you know, I, I I had high hopes for you know it's over now. I thought that this was going to take us home and we're going to you know do. Yeah. I mean, it, and a lot of people heard it and couple guys that we wanted to get in the band doing drums they heard it they go oh i should be in this band because this this is going to go to the top and and uh i it, the disappointment i had when it never went anywhere was just horrifying uh but i thank you for saying so and uh i'm honored i mean it, it was a it was a heartfelt tune that was a then is actually a lot of people don't know this but it was a warning to my then wife like you know settle down knock it off i'm not going anywhere blah 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 and you know she didn't knock it off, yeah. but it's kind of esoteric, but it was very heartfelt too. Well, I thank you so much for time tonight. Like I said, I found out some stuff tonight. I didn't know. And I always enjoy hearing the stories and find and learning something else that I didn't know. So thank you so much for that. And keep us posted on the book with that. Maybe we'll have you back on here to talk about the book. Yes, uh, definitely. definitely. There. But uh, thank you so much for time. We really appreciate you. Well, thank you, Stevie. I appreciate being here. Had a lot of fun. And thank you to all the fans out there for keeping me going all these years. And and hopefully I keep going for a while, a little while longer. All right, guys. That is Mr. Todd Howarth on the fly. <laughs>